the word fulfillment, right? Like the actual mm-hmm. vocabulary word of fulfillment, like, like that word is so powerful. Um, and what I mean, what I mean by that is like, you can do things like temporary temporarily to make you happy. Um, like, you know, a quick meal, you know, a good meal would make you happy or like, you know, um, I don't know, just miscellaneous things that happen day, day by day would make you happy. But to be fulfilled, that's like something that you would say like at the end of your life. Yeah. You know, it's like, was I fulfilled? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. That's literally the, the intensity of that word is like fulfillment, you know? And bro, like the entire time, isn't that what kind of everyone's kind of looking for? So everyone's kind of trying to integrate their own work and life and everything they have into like, like kind of like making this fulfillment statement, like yes or no. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of New Ones Nonsense. We're not experts, we just like talking. This is your co-host Alex. The other co-host Ben. Today I brought on my friend Anthony Went. Um, we met last summer, we were co-workers at uh, JP Morgan during the summer internship. Um, we had a lot of fun working on the same team, and he's one of the biggest trolls I've ever met. And I'm super excited to have him on today. He's a music producer, and he runs um, an LLC called uh, RKN Collective. And it, they run basically run a festival, or kind of like a music festival um, in the fall. Yeah, is there anything else like you want to add on to your introduction? Yes, you know, I'm not that cool. It's like, you know... Uh, it's not real. It's not like a festival. Festival. It's like a little, like a little uh, gathering. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we can like, uh, you know, link some people with some, uh, some Arcan videos or something. It'd be kind of cool. But uh, yeah. Yeah, hi, I'm Anthony. You know, I, uh, you know, I like to make music. Um, not very good at it, but you know, I still love it. Um, got two dogs. You know, two big dogs named Maya and Sammy. A uh, golden retriever mixed with a German Shepherd and a Great Pyrenees. They're beautiful. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, life's pretty boring, you know. <laughs> Alex, when Alex first told me about you, he's like, he made you sound like the coolest guy. And I talked to you more. I'm like, dude, this guy is the coolest guy. Like, you uh-huh. so much. You're downplaying. <laughs> that's really so nice you guys said. I'm honestly flattered. Alex, you're literally so sweet. But, you know, you guys, you guys are honestly super sweet yourselves. And, um, I'm glad to be here. Honestly, it's super. Uh, it's nice to like you know to actually talk to people during this t- COVID time. You know what I mean? I just literally just been talking to my computer. Well, I still technically am kind of talking about. Yeah, computer. you still are. <laughs> oh, I guess. But you're not I, talking to your coworkers, I guess. I know. Yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Usually, we like to start off with like asking a question, like kind of a softball question. But um, yeah, kind of reflects on like your time in college. Like, what were some ups and downs um, during your time at? Uh, college that's a good question Ooh, i did not expect this question okay i like that i like that okay um and i want to ask you guys after as well too because i know we've kind of like all been through it but um freshman year dude so i'm from austin so i uh went to ut dallas um and i was the only person like my my high school friend group that went to utd and uh, so all my other friends was like A&M, UT, UTSA, and like I was like the only one. And I don't really know what pushed me to go because um, I, you know, you just literally, literally don't know anyone at all. So I was like kind of like starting over a little bit. Um, 
but it ended up working out like super well. Uh, the first day of move-in, I ended up getting arrested um, yeah. for, uh, you know, some miscellaneous reasons. And you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I was like, whoa, I'm in college. <laughs> I actually ended up hiding that from my parents. So mom and dad, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My, my sisters intercepted the mail. Uh, shout out to Annie and Angela, you know, they, um, good sisters. Um, but yeah, so sophomore year, the biggest troll year. Um, I actually like sophomore year was probably my favorite year in college. Cause that, that was the year that like, you already started like having your friend groups, but you're not like super serious about like looking for internships yet. You're not mm -hmm. super serious about like, you know, grinding for work. You're still kind of like in college, you know, but you kind of know about it a little bit. So sophomore year, I actually started like th throwing like these like small like house parties and we call them Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Tournaments. And <laughs> the reason why we called it that is because if we invited people like uh, and we heard other people talking about it, like, you know, at the uh, we hung out at the SSB a lot, which is like a, a building uh, where all like all the FSA kids hung out, I guess, all the, all the like little uh, weird Asian kids, you know what I'm saying? Like me. and. Uh, and uh, if we heard people talking about it, they'd be like, yo, are you going to the, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh party at the Yu-Gi-Oh tournament? And if someone else heard that, they'd be like, yo, what? Like the, the Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, like, what are you saying? You know what I mean? And it ended up sticking because the first one was like super successful. We Airbnb to house. We invited some people, you know, um, the older gen people came, you know, it was kind of cool to have older people at your party. You know what I mean? And then after that, we're like, fuck it, let's throw a second one. And then a third one. And then a fourth one. And then eventually the seventh one was my senior year and we ended up renting a venue for it because it was, we just wanted to end with the bang and it was cool, I guess. You know what I mean? But yeah, dude, that was like college for me. I mean, like I still like, you know, I still, you know, did my shit, you know, um, still got, you know, good grades, A's and B's, you know? Um, and I ended up graduating, you know, and here we are, you know, post-college grad life but what about you guys dude how was y'all's college experience you want to go first or you want me to go first i can go first um college was definitely a really growing time for me um so i made the opposite travel or distance than you anthony like i'm from dallas and i went to uh, ut so i moved to austin and i think that's the first time i've ever moved in like my life so um, even though Austin's not that far from Dallas, like it's like three and a half hours. Like it was still kind of weird being in like a different city, especially like one that's so close to downtown. Um, yeah, kind of like kind of like you, Anthony. I didn't really have that many friends that came with me to UT. I thought a lot of my friends were gonna come with me to UT, so I wanted to go to UT, and then they played me, and they're like, "We're going out of state or a or UTD," and then I was like, "I've been betrayed." Um, so that was, yeah, freshman year was, you know, I think a, pretty typical for a lot of people. Like, I was really lonely, didn't have that many friends, wasn't in a friend group. Um, like, I kind of, like, you know, coped with it, basically, by, like, you know, Skyping or Discording of, like, my high school friends. But obviously, like, um, that could only go so far. People were starting to make friends still. And then I was still struggling, so I felt really bad. So freshman year was like me, like really going out of my comfort zone to check out like different clubs, different ministries, um, doing things, a lot of things by myself. Um, and that was like, you know, looking back, it was really good for me because like I would define myself by like what group I was in, but I wasn't part of a group. So like that naturally leads to like an existential crisis. Um, so I think like, you know, throughout college, I've been learning, 
I learned how to push myself through that. Like sophomore year, I became more committed to like um, my ministry. Um, I became more integrated and I got closer with like the people. And in junior and senior year, I learned how to like kind of take leadership positions. Um, and yeah, I think another common theme in like college was like CS, um, like working in tech. Um, it was kind of a struggle, honestly. Like I would definitely say I wasn't, a, I was not, I'm not a natural like techie, you know, like I was not, I did not come out of the womb, like typing on my mom's umbilical cord. <laughs> definitely. Um, I was definitely in it because my dad pushed me to do it. So, you know, kind of like struggling with imposter syndrome, um, kind of being like, oh, I don't have an internship yet. It took me to like my junior year to get like an internship and my friends were all getting it during sophomore year. Um, but like Anthony said, like, it's not necessary sophomore year, but like, I was just comparing myself to people who are ahead of the pack, you know? Um, so kind of like learning how to like deal with the concept of like, what is a, a job, you know, is it a career? Is it just like a way to make, uh, like a living or is it like, a like, a, like a fulfillment, you know, like, is it your calling basically? So I think like that's, you know, that these aren't questions that like I've like fully answered yet, but, um, it's something like I've been realizing that like, you know, life is really is honestly like a journey as much of a cliche as it is. And like, yeah. um, I'm grateful for going to UT, even though like it wasn't uh, close to home. It wasn't close to home. It wasn't uh, in a familiar location, but it really pushed me out of my comfort zone in ways I probably wouldn't have if I just stayed at home. Yeah, dude, that's badass. Yeah, I, I like that. that was, I appreciate that, that detailed answer. That's really cool. What, what about you, Ben? Yeah, so I would say mine is like, pretty similar to Alex's because uh, I went to a large high school coming from Plano. They're, they get conglomerated really into really large schools. And so I did have a lot of friends that went to UT from my high school, but like when you have such a large high school, it's like, it gets really clicky. And so that was like the thing I had the hardest like thing breaking into in high school was sort of finding my click. And I, I don't ever think I really found it. And so I always felt like I was on the fringe. And so going into college, I was like, you know, I want to find like my friends, my community sort of like, you know, the people that I vibe with because I always felt like I was disenfranchised in a sense. And so in terms of growth, I felt like it was a major part of it was like me being proactive about sort of my relationships and friendships. And so I remember in freshman year, I like serendipitously found like this group of friends and we just like always hung out in the dorms together. And that was sort of like, I felt like, wow, like this, this has never been something I've like encountered before. This is just like lucky. I found this. And so that was sort of like the tone setter for me in college. And like similar, kind of similar to you guys, I would say freshman year was my best year in the sense that like there were so many new things and I was constantly just like being blown away. But it's like new thing after new thing after new thing after new thing. And so that was like definitely an up. And in the later half of freshman year, I got really, really intentional with like people that I wanted to get to know, but I didn't know. And so I like got into a habit of like getting one on ones with them or just like, I, a lot of my friends made fun of me. They're like, why are you going on a ton of dates? And I'm just like, no, I'm going on just like, I'm just getting dinner with people. Yeah, so, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. And so I took a huge sort of like an initiative in like sort of developing my friendships in that sort of stage of college. And that carried over into like sophomore year and junior year. And that sort of like was the major tone setter of just my entire college experience. And then senior year is like just, that's when I felt the most secure and just like the friendships that I had developed and spent time maintaining. And so it was kind of like, I went from like 
like high school was a low and then I like built myself up and then like in sophomore year I had a slight dip and then everything just like sort of like plateaued because I felt really secure. I didn't feel like I needed to go out of my way anymore. I felt like I had found sort of that like niche that I had always wanted to be in. Yeah, I know that's, that's honestly so important, especially um, post-college life because college kind of puts you in a position where like, you know, you're kind of forced to like physically show up to class, physically, you know, show up to whatever you, whatever kind of organizations you guys participate in. Like you're constantly around people and like, it kind of gives you an excuse to hang out or like, you know, um, uh, just interact, you know? Uh, but post-college, especially after this time, like those one-on-one connections are so important. Um, literally like having like the transition from college to post-college for me has been, so 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 different like i used to literally be able to i used to live on campus um i lived on campus like all four years uh well three and a half whatever but it was like literally just walking to someone's apartment that was literally also on campus (laughs) always having people over i would have like sophomore year like we had a one bedroom apartment and i split it between three dudes (laughs) <laughs> and that one bedroom apartment, it was literally so tiny. I'm talking about, it was probably like, like judging the rooms that you guys are in right now, like that smaller, the entire like bedroom was smaller than the rooms that you guys are in right now. And we split between three people. We had three twin beds, one restroom. All right. So if someone pooped, it was over. It was over <laughs> straight up. And, uh, you know, we couldn't really have any girls over unless uh, we really planned it out in advance. You know what I'm saying? Like, so AKA never because we're procrastinators, obviously. Um, but yeah, dude, like, like I, I would have to agree that like, dude, like eventually when you find your niche, like you feel like you don't really have to like, like search for other friends or other like friend groups or other like ways to feel like you kind of like uh, fit in. Cause like you already got your, you already got a solid foundation, you know, like you don't really got to change that. So it's good that you guys found that early on. I would say, well, honestly, it's good that you guys found that at all in college. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, dude. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. So it seems like UT was a freaking vibe. I mean, I, I yeah, know you was, bro. Yeah. I had like, you know, had some crazy stuff. I, know, I already know like UT has a variety of people too. Yeah. Like a variety of like communities within UT. And on top of that, you guys got like six or you guys are in the middle of the city. Bro, you, yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous, man. That's really cool. Wait, speaking a little bit more about uh, post-grad life, like, could you explain more about like those one-on-one connections that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. So, um, I mean, post-grad life is like an interesting topic because it's like, um, I mean, obviously you're, you're constantly transitioning through your life, but college was just such a significant you know time period you know it's like literally like four-ish five-ish years for everyone and you're just kind of like like forced to grow up I guess you know what I mean so um in college I literally had I was in a million bazillion group chats for example (laughs) a million bazillion and one you know what I mean and literally like if, if one group chat wanted to hang out it would be so easy you know meet up here or if you guys wanted to, you know, go get boba, or you guys want to go bowling, or you guys want to, like, you know, hang out at someone's apartment. It's just so easy to just, like, you know, connect. Um, and as soon as your friend group, like, 
gets full-time jobs. Like every single person gets full-time jobs. Everyone's doing their own thing now. Um, everyone has responsibilities. It's, it's difficult to maintain those relationships altogether, which is why I feel like those one-on-one relationships are super important because for me, like, you know, I wouldn't invite over 20 people to my place to eat dinner. You would invite one, you know, or two, you know, it's, it's, it's those connections that I feel honestly are like the most important because, um, it's, it's not like as accessible to hang out anymore. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, like that it's, it's a transition that I'm still trying to get used to right now. Uh, I mean, I, right now I live with like two beautiful dogs, you know what I'm saying? So they keep me company, but, and, and my sister and, you know, my girlfriend, her name's Liz and Angela, you know what I'm saying? But that's it. You know what I mean? Like other than that, I don't really got like boys over, you know, we're not really hanging out and stuff. Yeah. How about you guys? How are y'all adjusting to post-college life? Um, it's like, it's only been a couple months, so I don't want to like say anything definitive yet, but I think right now I'm like, I'm in that weird gap even in the transition where it's, um, it's between college and between um, like me starting work. So I start work, like at the time of this recording, it's late June, but um, I start work in late August. So I basically have like a summer before um, I start work. And usually people use this time to go on like vacation. Like me and Ben were originally planning to go to like Japan. Um, but obviously that, that can't happen anymore. <laughs> um, so basically I'm kind of just like, I've been using this time basically to watch a lot of like video essays on YouTube. So I've been kind of like educating myself on like, like geopolitics and history. So stuff that I would probably be like, this is really boring in like high school and college. But like, I think especially with keeping up with like politics right now, um, not even just in the US, but internationally, like I feel like it's like important to kind of see like kind of like how globalization works, how like uh, international relations work. So and it's surprising, like pretty interesting. I think a lot of times it, has even taught me that like no topic is like boring if it's top if it's like taught by the right person you know um that's yeah that's interesting i like that yeah yeah nice nice geopolitics that's interesting nice how about you and, and for me i feel like i'm in the same period as alex but i feel like it took a, a different spin to this because alex has told me multiple times before he's like college is like a good time in your life for sure right it's like it's a four years of like you're forced to grow up and it's like a microcosm of like everything good that could happen right and so like he was saying that like but if the thing is if college is the best time of your life doesn't that mean everything else is just like downhill from there he's like i don't i feel like that's a fallacy in and of itself because like four years shouldn't be the best time of your life if your life expectancy is like 80 years you know like that's like a fraction of your total life and so he was saying that like you know post-grad doesn't necessarily have to be bad if you have the right mindset and so i feel like i'm trying to adopt that mindset now with with like COVID and all that, it's, it's slightly harder just because like everything is really, really like sort of like restricted and sort of, you know, you shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z. But I feel like in general, I really sort of like resonate with that sentiment because, you know, life, life doesn't stop being good after college ends. Like you can, you can still make it good. And like with the one-on-one thing, I think that's super essential. Like being proactive, being like taking the initiative of like just doing stuff that you want to do, like not just getting sort of like bogged down by like work or like other responsibilities. Right, right, yeah, no, I, I would have to agree with that, honestly. Like, I mean, like, it's it's literally so, um, oh God, like, like, post-college life, like, 
if you asked me, like I had a lot of fun in college, right? But if you asked me if I would go back, I wouldn't because, you know, there's a lot more, you know, like ahead, like, yeah, you're right. Like we're, we're still relatively young, like mid twenties and stuff. Like, um, dude, my mom always asked me if I would go back and get my master's, uh, even if the company paid for it. And I will tell her, hell no, dude, I'm not going back to school. I'm letting you guys know right now. I can't, I can't, you know what I mean? Like I, it's just like, you know, after college, it's like, okay, like I already know that I can like do stuff to make money. Like, why would I go back to school? College is cool. It was a great, great learning experience, but like, dude, like we're past it, you know, like we got, we have other things to do, you know? Um, yeah. Like, like it's, it's just time to move forward. That's, that's honestly it. That's, that's like what I think about honestly, like a lot, uh, coincidentally that, that you guys brought it up that, um, literally every single, every single like idea, uh, that I have for like, you know, um, that's related to Arcan, which is, you know, the organization that I uh, am in where we kind of like come up with ideas. Like a lot of the ideas stem from like, how can we move forward post-college? We all met in college and we were all kind of like in the same organizations and we all have similar interests. And now that we're all past college, it's like, how can we use our brain power um, to kind of do stuff that is kind of more than college? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know what kind of organizations you guys are in, uh, like in, in UT. I know that Alex, you were like in ministry stuff. And I know that like all of you guys like have like a pretty, uh, I know these organizations that you guys were in were like still relatively big, you know? Um, but I was in FSA like at UTD and that was like the biggest college campus, uh, organization. And, um, like I was fortunate enough to meet people that were also like kind of like like-minded in terms of like uh, uh, what we want to do post-college, like creative wise. These guys were graduating like bio and like uh, finance and accounting. Like these guys were graduating with, you know, really good majors and, and stuff. And they were like, fuck it. Like I'm going to go into film or I'm going to go into photography or videography. Like people, like just kind of end up gravitating on what they really want to do afterwards anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. So I don't know. Such an interesting subject because everyone's got kind of like their own opinion about this and everyone's kind of like, you know, um, in their own path as well. So it's cool to see like, you know, uh, or I guess it's cool to talk about other people's opinions on, on their status as well. So it's really cool. I know me and Alex are both really interested in just entertainment in general. Like, I don't want to speak for Alex, but like, I follow a lot of like uh, esports and just a lot of like sort of like inter entertainment based things. Like, I'm an avid viewer of like sports, UFC, just stuff like that. And I find like the commentating sort of side of these things really, really interesting because it's like the amount of depth of knowledge you need to know to commentate, for example, is like very, very deep, right? But you also need to like portray in a sense that's like, it's not too deep that the viewer cannot understand. Like you need to sort of draw the line between like, I want to pull like knowledge up from like the bottom of the pool, but I also want to convey it in a way that like someone at the top of the pool that hasn't jumped in yet can understand it. And just like in general, these types of things about entertainment are just like so interesting. So it's like really cool to hear that you have a lot of friends that like gravitated towards it. Yeah, definitely dude. Um, I actually really have like a lot of respect for like people that are very capable of, 
you know, doing one particular thing, like they're very capable of doing something technical. For example, like I have a friend who, uh, he gravitated towards um, culinary and he graduated with a mechanical engineering degree. And after college, he was a mechanical engineer and, you know, like they make good money. I would say that is literally like a successful uh, job title to consider yourself a mechanical engineer. And he was just like, you know, I want to get into culinary. Like that's literally like my calling. And I was like, wow, like that's literally respectable. And I actually had a chance to talk to him about it. And he mentioned that like, you know, like for him, he wasn't in a position um, to feel like he was successful. Like he told me that like, like all of his other friends, they're deep in their careers already. And they like, you know, they make money and they know what they love to do when he's still trying to figure it out. Uh, but all he knows is that he loves cooking. And I was like, dude, like, honestly, like I have mad respect for you because you're doing what you love to do. And that's like, literally like, I don't know. I think, I think this is kind of, this is kind of like a little bit deep, but and, and I don't know. I don't really like to talk about cheesy things, but I feel like this is pretty relevant, but like the word fulfillment, right? Like the actual mm -hmm. vocabulary word of fulfillment, like, like that word is so powerful. Um, and what I mean, what I mean by that is like, you can do things like temporary temporarily to make you happy. Um, like, you know, a quick meal, you know, a good meal would make you happy or like, you know, um, I don't know, just miscellaneous things that happen day, day by day would make you happy. But to be fulfilled, that's like something that you would say like at the end of your life, yeah. you know, it's like, was I fulfilled? Yes or no. That's literally the, the intensity of that word is like fulfillment, you know, and bro, like the entire time, isn't that what kind of everyone's kind of looking for? So everyone's kind of trying to integrate their own work and life and everything they have into like, like kind of like making this fulfillment statement, like yes or no. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. Poor grammar, but you guys know what I'm saying. Fulfillment, big, big word. Um, and I don't think that, you know, we're going to be fulfilled um, kind of just doing corporate, for example. Mm. I don't think that I'm going to be, fulfilled at least uh and i i'm speaking for myself you know other people i work for a company a great company honestly too like but i meet people who um talk about their job like it's literally amazing like they're so passionate for it you know and that's great like they found their job they found their niche you know they found something that makes them feel feel fulfilled but for me personally i don't know if i could do corporate forever you know, I want to do something that makes me fulfilled, regardless if it makes me a lot more or a little bit more money. It doesn't matter because at the end of my life, it's like, dude, like I did something that I wanted to do. I still made an impact on society. I was still a good person, whatever, you know? So yeah, I just, uh, something I think about a lot is just like trying to, trying to take steps in, the, in order to be fulfilled. So you can ask that like at the end of your life, like, dude, like, was the life good or was it bad? You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. I think that's definitely something like I reflect on a lot too. I mean, like, you know, cause like, I think we might've talked a little bit last summer when we interned, but, um, something I'd be, I definitely talked about with like one of the other interns on our team was just like, is 
software engineering, like, does it have an impact on like other people, right? Something like we kind of were thinking about, like, honestly, like a lot of the stuff that I literally for the intern team, like it was fun. We learned a lot, but like the stuff we were working on is like, it was an internal tool. So it literally would not see the light of day, you know, like they would try to convince us that it was important. We we're just like, eh, but whatever, hopefully we can get a job. But um, something like we were like, oh, like this is only will affect like rich white people if like we make it big, like at a big tech company. So we're kind of like, like, is this like what really matters, you know? Um, so I have a lot of respect for people who like do stuff for culture, do stuff in like liberal arts. Um, Cause I, I feel like as in like Asian American, like we're all kind of pushed to um, do something that makes the best bang for your buck. Um, and if you're not doing it, you're, it's a complete waste of your time. So that's why so many young Asian teenagers are pushed into, you know, being a doctor, being an engineer. When like, honestly, like that may not be what they, they really care about. Right. Like I think a lot of times like the model minority myth is really harmful because like, it pushed this uh, label on people or this image that like, oh, you're good at math, you're good at science, you know? For, honestly, for a lot of people, like, you know, like maybe they weren't, uh, sometimes it's like, it doesn't come like that innately to them, right? And just like having an expectation that, oh, all of you guys must be smart and obedient and in line, like it really cuts down like the diversity of like people and personality types. So that's why I really respect um, like you, Anthony, for like, you know, pursuing music, um, doing this on the side, like, creating events where people can gather and like have fun. Like, um, I think it does have an impact on like culture, like no, even no matter how big or small, um, there's like something like, you know, like I'm glad that like, you kind of found like your passion in a way, like what you do on the side after work. Cause like so many people, like I've heard, like they just come, they just come home after work and are just like, I'm just watch some Netflix and then jack off and then, you know, go to sleep and then, it's like, it's such like a meaningless life, right? And obviously like, they're not being fulfilled whatsoever. But like, I feel like being able to like pour your passion into like something else, like outside of work, like, cause I recognize you don't necessarily have to enjoy or like um, feel like what you're doing is like your calling. But um, it's nice to have like a balance where like, if that's not happening there, like you're able to do it like somewhere else, like after work. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice, you know, like stepping away from you know work that's work, you know, to like do stuff that's like kind of like work integrated with your life, rather rather than like work life balance, it's like work life integration, like doing stuff that you like love to do, but it's also work. I think that's like the goal, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of your sort of like music on the side thing, how do you balance that with like? Yeah, you're like nine to five. So I, I'm actually really um, appreciative that I do have a like consistent schedule. Like I know Monday through Friday, I'm going to work nine to five, which means that afterwards I can do whatever I want. You know, Sunday, Saturdays, like I can do whatever I want. So I, I, I'm a planner. I do like planning things out. I like putting dates for myself uh, just because like, you know, those are the first steps of like setting goals, like knowing how much time and, you know, uh, what's it called? Availability that you have to allocate to certain projects or ideas or whatever. Um, music specifically, which is like the biggest interest that I have, like sound in general is like a huge interest, um, is something that you can't really force. I would say creative arts in general, you can't really force, even though you allocate some time to 
you know, wanting to create, you know, it, it's, it's something that like might happen or might not happen that day, you know? Um, cause it's very like, I don't know. It, it's, I would say musical productions half technical, which, you know, anyone can develop, develop those technical skills, whatever. But the other half is like literally creativity. So it's like whatever inspires you in that moment it could be chance. It could be your interactions. It could be whatever you want, you know? So finding that balance has relatively been tough for me because sometimes I get off work and I'm like, dude, like, I just want to like go to bed, <laughs> like literally just being up and being, you know, engaged in work and attentive from nine to five is just like draining on your, your mind and your body. And you kind of need brain power to make music a little bit. Um, but the days where I am inspired, like on the weekends or like if I have like a slow day at work and I know like, dude, like I can make some music after work or something. Or um, if I hear a song that I recently heard during work because I'll listen to music like while I work too it's like dude like I'll just drop what I'm doing and I'll just hop on logic and I'll just try and create something and and dude yeah it's um it's it's been so far it's been so far like slow but it's gonna pick up I promise I promise because it's something that I'll have to do and I'll have to do you know what actually like now that you kind of like a tangent to that I was thinking about like from our previous conversation was like um, the topic of like fulfillment. So like I watched this documentary about Bill Gates, right? And like, you know, everyone knows, knows who Bill Gates is and stuff, right? Um, but one thing that people kind of don't really know is that like whenever he first started at Microsoft, he had like a team and they already had like a good idea behind Bill Gates. Um, They're writing code. But before they checked in their code, uh, Bill Gates would rewrite everyone's code. Like he would read their code and he'd be like, oh, okay. And he would rewrite it himself. And that's crazy, right? So then moving forward, he realized that as, you know, their company grew, he can't rewrite, he can't rewrite everyone's code. So a lot of, a lot of like the leadership kind of gravitated towards like delegation, like how he delegated those tasks and stuff, right? And then eventually Microsoft like kind of grew to like the company that it was like literally a, a huge tech company. Um, and he ended up stepping down from being CEO. And then after that, he became a philanthropist and philanthropist is a huge title. That is a huge, huge fucking title, dude, to be, to consider yourself a philanthropist because he had all the power in the world, the platform, the money, whatever. And he chose to give back to society. Like he literally had a project where he um, like grabbed a lot of like students, I think from a university and they had the goal of building like a good plumbing system in, uh, I believe it was, oh, I forgot it was, it was like a, it was a not so fortunate town like in Africa, I think. They didn't have any plumbing system and their goal was to like build a plumbing system, but also be able to transport it right through the air, right? Where it ran off no electricity. So like only gravity and like no running water or like, yeah. So I, I really want to give you guys the details, 
uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was just inspiring to like basically see like how much power and like knowledge that this guy has, but he wants to contribute back to society in that kind of way. And dude, like that, like he is a great role model. Like I would love to structure like any business like that I have in the future or any, anything I do like after him. Cause like he, he's just like a, he's Bill Gates. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> cool guy. Yeah. Big, big thing in fulfillment too. Like, and that, it just all relates back to like what you really want to do, the kind of power you want to have. Like if you, have, if you guys ever thought, um, I don't know if you've got, if you, if y'all been keeping up with like, uh, the news about like Trump and like Twitter and Facebook, how they've been reacting to like, you know, Trump's tweets and what he's been doing and how, you know, this, how the general population feels like these tech companies should react to, to, uh, you know, silencing whatever, I don't know, politics, touchy subject, whatever. But the point is, if imagine if you were personally in charge of a huge tech company, right? Let, let's say that you were like the CEO of a massive company overnight and you have the beliefs that you have, you know? How would that affect you as CEO? How would that affect you with the company? You know, it's, it's difficult. Like all of those decisions are difficult. There's no right or wrong answer. It's like, there's so many things you have to consider, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a crazy thought. Like I, I just, I, I just think that, you know, Bill Gates though, like mad genius, mad respect, dude, mad respect for that guy. Yeah. For sure. I definitely remember like, um, cause like Trump cut, or I think he claimed that he was going to cut funding to like who the world health organization. I don't know if he actually has the authority to do so, but he was like, I'm going to, and Bill Gates was obviously unhappy about it. Cause like we're in the midst of, of a pandemic and people were like, well, if Bill Gates is unhappy. Like why doesn't he fund it? And I looked at the who funds who, and he's like, uh, I think he's like the second most after the U S like this man himself is funding like actually billions of dollars to who. And like after that is like China or something. Um, it was like, Stuff like that where, cause like, I feel like the kind of like image you see or hear about when you see the word philanthropist is like for a lot of people is not, it's not positive. Um, cause for them, they're like, it's just a billionaire who's trying to repair his image. Um, he's just like making meaningless contributions, stuff like that. And I know a lot of people feel that way about Bill Gates cause they're like, Oh, he has billions of dollars. Like why doesn't he just like give all of that away or cause like he could give half, half of his, uh, like fortune away, still be a billionaire, stuff like that. Um, but like hearing like the documentary that you described about, um, it's like a lot more complicated than like that because even then it's like, I feel like the world is kind of on this like fine line between like how they evaluate money because they're kind of just like money can solve all our problems at the same time money can't solve all our problems right, um, and it's like interesting seeing how like people like kind of straddle that contradiction because like I remember reading this um, infographic about like Jeff Bezos um, and like how he, the 400 richest uh, Americans wouldn't even fill up like a Boeing like 747, but like they have enough money to like cure uh, measles and fund all this like vaccines and stuff like that and stuff like that. Um, and I just remember thinking like, okay, it sounds like we can just throw money at the problem. But then I remember like there was another controversy um, with a football player, uh, Drew Brees, and he basically just like made some comments. I like, didn't really understand why people were kneeling. People were very upset. And the common defense people would make was like, oh, but he's like done so much for the New Orleans community. That, like he's um, 
he's donated so much to like charity and like help rebuild um, the community from the destruction of Hurricane Katrina. Be like, oh, no, you can't just throw money at the problem. And I was like, wait a second, like that doesn't really make sense. Like, <laughs> like the world is run on money, you know. So like, I think like seeing that is just like it really depends on like who's doing it and if they like you in the moment or not, right? Because you can't deny that despite the fact that Bill Gates has so much money and maybe he's not giving as much as you want, like the contribution he's making is, is having an impact um, on the world. It's just that like maybe we live in like a community that's like privileged in a way that like we're not seeing a direct impact for ourselves. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, actually then I, to, to talk about that too, it's like I see on Twitter and Facebook all the time, but like, like why doesn't Jeff Bezos, like he has so much money, why doesn't he just like, donate he can cure like world hunger he can like do whatever like these crazy statements right and it's like and it's like i don't know it's like i understand that you know jeff bezos is super super fortunate and bill gates and etc all these people who have power and money or whatever but it's like you know they kind of i wouldn't say that bill gates and jeff bezos just kind of like suddenly popped up overnight and got this money for free you know like they they worked for it and amazon like he runs Amazon. Like Amazon actually supplies a lot of jobs for a ton of people. A lot of industries actually rely on Amazon. So it's not just like he's, he's got money too, but like he's got a ton of people that would collapse if Amazon died overnight. You know? Um, I do think that Jeff Bezos is super fortunate, but to, to have to, to state like, oh, like he's got more than me, he should just give it away. I think that might be a little bit on the ignorant side, in my opinion. It's definitely, definitely just an opinion. I just feel like, you know, like, I, I feel like he, I know that, that Jeff Bezos um, is worth a lot. And I know that he donates from what I've read. <laughs> I know that Bill Gates for sure donates on what I've seen and read. Um, I think that's that's fine right now. You're right. Like money, you can't just throw money at like a problem and have it be solved. You know, there's a, there's a lot more than that. You know, it's like I don't know. Interesting, interesting subject. Definitely something to think about, though. Yeah, I feel like part of the reason why, like for example, world hunger or like sickness or something like that can't be cured is because a lot of times in these countries that are less developed and less fortunate than the United States like problems are institutionalized, they're systematic. And so you, in order to solve these problems, you need like a whole overhaul of the entire system. And it's like, not only do you need to overhaul the system, you need to make sure the people that are safeguarding the system aren't also corrupt, right? So the funds aren't like mismanaged, aren't like going random places. And it's like, it, you're actually diverting things that go to like the problem, right? But the, but the real thing about this is it's all trickled down, right? So like, let's say you donate a billion dollars. You have to, like most of that money will go to like administration, like finding people to do said thing, like distribute said thing and like provide said service. And so like, when the, what ends up happening is that like money isn't like the core thing or it is, a, it's a really important thing, but it, like, I feel like you need a lot more things to, necessary to like change like such large problems. Otherwise they would have already been solved. Right, right, yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Like, I mean, there's just so much, so much that goes into it. Money is a huge factor, but 
it's not like everything, you know, there's, there are actually so many factors that even us wouldn't even know right now. Cause we literally like, we only know what we know, you know, we only know our opinions are based on literally just what we know. There's so many things that we don't know, you know? Um, but I guess it's, that's just kind of like how life is, I guess. Um, but you know, I, I'm glad that you guys like have like a solid opinion about stuff like this because it's important. It's important to kind of educate yourself on, on uh, what's kind of happening around you, especially if it's something that like you feel uh, strongly emotional in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, we definitely live in like a little bubble. I mean, I know you guys are like from Plano, you know what I'm saying? Are you from Plano too, Ben? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You guys are some Plano folks. Yeah. You guys, your parents worked hard. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys, you guys are fortunate. I'm fortunate. We're all fortunate. And uh, I don't know. I think I think moving forward, it's just super important. Just educate yourself on everything. Um, I'm definitely gonna try and like. I mean, hopefully, you know, this is way in the future. But I'm definitely gonna try and raise my kids uh, to just be as educated as possible um, on stuff like this. Because, bro, like politics and uh, I mean, honestly, it really is just politics at this point. Like. It's no joke, dude. People are super opinionated about that stuff. You know what I mean? It's just best to be educated at the end. Yeah, I think something that's really important is to, like, know how to form your own opinion and, like, critically think about stuff. Because I think for a lot of people, like, beliefs are kind of package deals, you know? Like, if you're associated with someone or you believe one thing, you're, like, you're expected, like, well, why wouldn't you, you know, believe this or that, you know? Like, how can you uh, say you, you believe and follow one thing but not this? And... I think things become very polarized um, and I understand the argument that like there is no middle ground for serious issues or human rights issues. But like, I think something that's like really important to me is like being able to emphasize or like understand like what your opponent or another party is saying. And like, I feel like kind of, you know, demonizing them or like being like, Oh, they're just wrong because they're evil, you know? And like, kind of like being like, that I have to stand up for like my group, like it's not really gonna help, you know, like politics, you know, in Congress is so polarized right now, nothing gets done. Um, if they, like they literally will just be like, oh, this is from a Democrat and I'm Republican, like not like veto, you know, not passing this. So I think it's really important to like, not be attached to like an overall philosophy or like an overall party to kind of just learn how to like think for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Like another thing that I sort of, I think I've said this multiple times before is the fact that like, I feel like in modern times, we've lost the core human characteristic of empathy, or at least for whenever we're talking about like either controversial things or things that like have multiple sides to them. Like we sort of lose empathy for the other side and we sort of like, we get lost in our own opinion. We sort of like become like ingrained, sort of like ingrained in our own thoughts. And it's like, we, we sort of lose understanding for the other side. Like, everyone thinks they, the way they think they, everyone thinks the way they do for a reason, right? It's not like just some bullshit. They just woke up someday and decided to like be against you, you know? Like for example, our parents, like, like it's very like natural that like immigrants, like our parents are conservative. Mm -hmm. yeah. And growing up in the climate that we do today, it's very natural that we'd be more liberal. And so uh, like, I don't think like people should be like demonizing their parents or like saying, oh, like their thought process is wrong. It's it's just a natural result of like what happened to them and what they went through that caused them to think this way. And this is something we kind of lack nowadays is just right. the common man. 
no no honestly like that was a that was a really mature comment i i really do uh you know respect that kind of like analysis on 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 like the difference between the generations between us and our parents because it's true like you know there are our parents like they grew up in a different time you know like um they're immigrants too you know uh like i my political opinions are different than my parents and we've actually talked about it like i've talked to my dad about it um and you know at the end of the day we still respect each other and that's kind of like the, the biggest thing you know it's like uh, like yes i disagree politically uh with my parents but it's not like we're gonna fight over it you know what i mean like it's not like we're gonna like 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 lose our relationship over it. it's like that's just literally like how i grew up that's how they grew up and like they were like anthony you know what like if you feel this way about this certain politician then okay you know and that's i feel like that's how it should be for the rest of like our generation because like dude like like not everyone is educated about politics and that that's the thing too is like that's also kind of like a gray area because being educated about politics politics has so many subjective you know components that are in politics that it's like even if you're well educated your news source could be something completely different you know like my parents for example like they don't see the same news source that i'm seeing like I'm on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram, whatever. And like, I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see like, like riots and like some very, very like specific things that they would never see in their news sources. Like, you know, whatever they see on television. And those are just different. Those are different things. Like Twitter is like the, like things happen immediately. Like people are quick to judge because it happens so quick. Things that happen on Twitter before they happen, like on anything is they just, that's the way that the the uh, applications kind of set up. Like honestly, like Twitter is kind of a they're gonna be the next tech company. I'm letting you know right now. They're they've got stuff going on. But but yeah, interesting subject, dude. Because um, it like the next generation of people who vote, you know, might not be a conservative president. It might not, you know, it's it's constantly fluctuating. So. Yeah, for sure. Like definitely like the pendulum swings all the time. Like the sixties, you know, people are like, Oh, these liberal hillbillies, like beatneck like culture or whatever, and the eighties was super conservative in response to that. I think like times definitely changed in like response to each other. But I think like one last thing I just want to add is just like um I feel like the reason why people are afraid to talk about politics, um, it cut is because it's so polarized, you know. And I think it, they really lose out on like a lot of stuff because like, they're not willing to um kind of engage in conversations or learn because like they're they're focused on like oh i'm gonna like offend someone or hurt someone because i don't have the right opinion and like that's honestly like a very understandable concern because for a lot of people some people are just like they fly off the handle and it's understandable like it, it's like life to them you know like they're literally fighting for the rights but for for like other people it's like like as ben said they didn't wake up to be like i'm gonna oppress people you know they're kind of just like i have privilege but like you, you're not born like being told you have privilege right like you just think this is just life um so that's why i feel like really feel like it's important to have like kind of a conciliatory or like just calm conversation about things because like maybe some people will never um come to the same viewpoint as you right but they'll have empathy and i feel like you know if they raise kids or they talk about like your viewpoint with friends and other people 
like how they talk about it can like you know kind of create a positive impression for those people and like maybe those people will come to the same viewpoint right i feel like a lot of times people expect like a quick fix like oh we've talked about and argued and protested about this issue like one year and like things literally like take like years millenniums to like to undergo change you know like people like we're stubborn like we're slow to change but at the end of the day is like you still have to continue the fight for like progress Agreed. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, no. Um, the, I mean, the biggest thing you could do is kind of like really like that. That's kind of like the definition of like opinion, right? Like you, you really can't push your opinion on others. Like it's your opinion. That's you know, it's it's what you believe, um, and you should respect other opinions, and because that's if they're that's their opinion, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm a really really big advocate of like just you know being calm and you know empathetic and and just listening to what people have to say even if you disagree at least you heard them out and you don't really show any sort of like aggression or anything towards their opinion because like that's just their opinion and that you would you would hate to see someone be aggressive towards your opinion because that's your opinion you know so yeah that, that's that's really mature like to just hear people out you know, be educated and still formulate your own opinion at the end of the day. I think that's uh, kind of like how people should approach politics. But obviously, politics is touchy, man. People are crazy. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. It is what it is. Things don't, uh, things don't, always, don't always go to how we envision, but it's life. But yeah, kind of wrapping things up. Um, we usually ask this question at the end of the podcast now, especially in the current times, but like, what are your plans post quarantine? Ooh, wow. That's a great question. You know what, Alex? I am just trying to grow. And I, and when I say that I'm trying to grow in like, like I'm trying to grow professionally for my career. I'm trying to grow creatively for my hobbies and then i'm just trying to grow like as a person for like all my relationships that i'm with like all the relationships that i have right now like my my dogs my girlfriend and my sisters and my my parents like i'm literally just trying to grow in every direction um quarantine has kind of like taught me to kind of take a step back and realize that like you know there's a lot of things going on that you can think about that you usually don't think about because there's a lot of things going on. Um, so I'm actually really thankful that I have a chance to reflect on things that I can improve on. And the biggest thing that I can improve on is literally just like maturing in every direction. I would love to be a person that everyone can depend on like i would love to be like a role model for like literally like anybody in any subject you know um but yeah i mean short answer just growth man like like just working with my resources and trying my best out here you know what i mean yeah yeah that's that is a mature answer you know <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you know, just pursuing growth like i think that's something a lot of people just you know, kind of stop doing once uh, college stops or even that once freshman year stops, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm definitely like happy to hear that, you know, like you're still trying to pursue personal growth and like 
uh, better like your personal relationships. Um, and I'm glad quarantine to be able to find the silver lining. You know, I think for a lot of people, like it's been a lot of time to kind of just sit down and introspect, which is something like we should all be doing. But yeah, um, wrapping things up once again, this is a nuanced nonsense. It's been a great episode. We've kind of talked about all sorts of stuff. Um, but that's like how, you know, any great conversation goes. Um, we're not experts. We just like talking, signing out. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was super fun. Thank you, Ben. Of Thank course. You. Take care. Yeah, be sure. safe.